Storymakers. I'm Angie Powers. I'm Elizabeth Stark. And, and this, this is Storymakers Story Show. After a brief hiatus. A hiatus that we will touch on briefly today. Bum, bum, bum. Because we are going to look at what if this were somebody's book? This meaning a... So just a tyrant, hold on, pandemic, hold on, hold on. fires. So... What we actually mean is looking at the question, what's the difference between significant escalation and random escalation? And so we live in Northern California, which some of you may have heard has been having a few fires. But before we get to that exciting topic, what have you been working on? Mostly I've been working on watching the fire. That has been a big focus. As has uh, packing the car, packing the car, <laughs> uh, and then as we sort of head back into a little bit of normalcy, I'm like, oh, where are all the pieces that go into making our podcast work? And the answer is in the car. Mm. So I had to do some collecting. Got it. How about yourself? So Elizabeth? just to, just to clarify, the equipment to make the podcast is part of the uh, go bag. Go bag. All right. And that is its own interesting conundrum, what goes in the go bag. It's, mm-hmm. And there could be a whole sort of metaphorical exploration of what goes in the book, what what's absolutely crucial, yeah. what can fit. Anyway. And but, what do you learn about a character by the things they choose as their escape can't live without items? Right. But I mean, even for the author, thinking of the author, the book as your own go bag, and mm-hmm. you're only going to put in it what no, is No, I did out, get okay. that. Okay. Great. <laughs> Um, I am, um, doing a lot of editing and reading and I'm actually, you know, learning a lot about, about writing from helping teach others as always. So, uh, you know, that thing where you retain 90% of what you teach and 10% of what you hear. Yeah, that. So, um, I'm doing a lot of that. Um, and I had, had then been doing some editing and then, uh, of my own work as well. And now I'm kind of waiting and I need to go back into doing my new stuff. But I'm, I'm, you know, I always do morning pages and I always think about it and write about it and explore it. But anyway, so I continue to be toggling a bit and mm-hmm. then, you know, and then dealing yeah. with the world. So I think that what, as we discussed what topic we might relaunch with, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a two week hiatus, so it wasn't crazy. But as we think about... But in these times, two weeks could be like two years. I know. Um, So the reason we sort of picked this is because, you know, uh, we just kept laughing as things continued (laughs) to escalate. So Sometimes you got to laugh. You know, three years ago, we had the big fires that sort of kicked off. And then last year, we had another round of big fires. And then this year, fire season started like two months early with a lightning storm and you know it was on our side of the freeway right so it was on the west side of the county past two big fires have been on the east side of the county and you know we've sort of been knowing that getting ready to flee with the possibility of evacuations uh, was going to be somewhat in conflict with sheltering in place Mm. and staying away from other people. Yeah, I mean, it's a great dilemma for a story, for mm-hmm. sure. Well, it's actually somebody where, you know, I saw, I guess I saw it. Oh, I know. The New York Times had had uh, emailed with some folks about their evacuations, and one 
you know, senior couple talked about how uh, their son is overseas in the military, I think, and their daughter-in-law and her, you know, and her son, their grandson, they haven't been seeing them very much because they're very, you know, worried about the the COVID, but um, but they called and said, we, "We can we come stay with you?" And they were said, "Of course, right?" Mm-hmm. I mean, so there's that exact thing. Like in in sort of one crisis, we're gonna we're gonna be measured and careful and and stay our distance. But as soon as the daughter in law and baby, well, and and and, and so it, it is it is sort of interesting because I think one of the things we were talking about is um, just to sort of back this up. If you were reading a book. And what happened first was that uh, an incompetent, angry person came to power. (laughs) Say. Say. (laughs) And then what happened next was that uh, that person, you know, put children in camps. And then what happened... Theoretically. And then what happened next... such an apocalyptic imagination. I know, right? What are you going to come up with? Was that he gutted... The you know, and it could be a she. I don't want to say <laughs> I don't want to say that women can't do dumb things like this, but this leader who's come to power has then gutted all of the social safety net things. And then a pandemic. I will hits. say that a woman running for president who talked about other women in the way that, say, your fictional character talks about women would definitely not be elected. Fair enough. But I'm just saying. Yeah, all right. So we have this person, we have this character, and they're doing this, like, terrible stuff, and they've gutted. So here we are in our dystopian world, and then the pandemic hits. Right. But remember, if you remember, at the beginning of the year, Australia was on fire. I do remember that. So giant fires in different places around the Because actually there was this great um, comedy. Co- little comedy piece we saw, which if you f- dig it up, I'll put the link in the show notes, mm-hmm. um, about and, and about someone talking to her future self. And she was like, it seems like, so the, the one in the sort of the past, the, the one who's, it's like January, February, say, of 2020, is thinking, you know, the fires seem like they're going to be the big, the big memorable the thing. The defining about, moment of, of 2020. 2020. And the future self is like, what fires? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So... You know, you, yeah, and then I mean, it's also there's been an uprising. I mean, there's so so many there's things so many things on. that have happened. Yeah, for sure. But if you were writing a story, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a historian might look at this moment and say, "Here are the threads that come together to make these moments happen." So the truth is, you don't have something like the um, big political protests if you don't have a history of. Community organization. Well, right? and d- d- different, even different historians with different biases and perspectives. Right. You know, a, a Marxist historian is going to look at the sort of class influences of this moment, and a, I don't know right. what else. What other kinds of historians? But when you think about when you think about you know, there's this saying, right? You can only have like sort of one big lie in your fiction, and that what, usually is like for most. Ex- elucidate that. Well, what I mean is like, so you could have. A world that feels very, very real, except, um, you know, one in three kids is a werewolf, <laughs> right? Right. And it could be very normal, but you... There's um, this, one, this one big thing you're asking your audience yeah. to buy. Right. So there's only one thing. Everything else, if you end up doing things where, you know, kids are werewolves, but then um, some are... 
just regular kids who have an extra toe. Like, it's just, it's, you know, you have to really be. It would have to be related. You start, you, your brain right. starts folding it back into the werewolf thing, right? Because you, you want to, you want it all to make sense. Right. On some way. So right now, even though the world absolutely makes sense if you look in it long enough. <laughs> does it? Does it? Well, meaning, right, there's the whole Buddhist idea that, you know, there is sort of an inevitability to certain things. So Pain we're... Is a part of no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Suffering is an option. Well, there's that, but that's not what I'm referring okay. to. It's It's that, you know... The specific set of events that happen to, to even create who you are in this moment all happened, right? And so then what were the other options to happen given all the options that had been chosen? Okay. So there's an inevitability. This moment is defined well, and created by everything else. Although when you say else. that, my fiction writer's brain rejects the inevitability, I mean, one, it seems random. Two, there's your whole, you know, not your personal theory, but the theory you like to evoke of the the multiple universes, right? So right. We just, this is just the one we are in. I don't think it's in conflict with multiple universes, but <laughs> but the inevitability. Yeah. It's just the, it's just only inevitable in this universe. Yeah, that's how you align yeah. those. Anyway. Um, actually, this universe exists because it was inevitable that this universe would exist given the pre-existing <laughs> questions, but. My larger point being, if you were writing a book, and we've done this, we've all done say. this, right? If I were writing a book, say. And and so people were like, gosh, you know, it just doesn't feel like enough is happening. So then you're like, okay, great. Well, I've got this crazy dictator dude who wants to be a dictator, but I need something more. Okay, so I'm going to throw in a pandemic. And you're just sort of like, okay, well, what does a pandemic have to do with this story? Well, and what's interesting, of course, is a lot of what sort of opinion journalism is is doing right now is making those connections. Mm. I mean, and, and politics, too, right? Like, right. oh, the, the Trump administration shut down the center to track infectious disease or whatever it was called, right? There was a department that, uh-huh. that you know, Obama and Biden either started or built up and... George Bush had stuff in place for yeah. Academic. So anyway, so so there's lots of looking at the causality, right? And and, and a lot of political claims. So there's about causality, the causality, but if you were constructing a world, and here's the difference between I think fiction and real life, is that you're actually creating meaning. You're intentionally creating some kind of meaning, even if your meaning is a nihilist one. So in this context. You wouldn't just keep throwing giant things that have nothing to do with this individual person. What you might do is look at how does the you, – you might create a world with a pandemic and spend time in, like, a hospital, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, the things that that character is facing ultimately represent that sort of macro – uh, crisis, okay. but it's going to be represented by an individual piece of that. So that's why you Wait. wouldn't start throwing in like a fire in the middle <laughs> of your hospital, because what does that have to do with a pandemic? Except for the, the you know, if you're going to be really complex, I think we can argue that most of this is really related to climate change, right? Right. So you might want to well, do sort of a multi, multi-narrative multi piece where these things happen to individual people. But I think that fiction just isn't the 
complicated thing that life is. Well, and here's what's interesting is that there's this way in which our own personal lives are both swirling with everything that's going on around us and, of course, you know, terribly concerned for all the people who are not us but mm-hmm. who are, and who are suffering in these different ways. And yet, you know, there is this kind of telescoping that happens when suddenly you're thinking, we might have to leave. What uh-huh. are we going to br- It's like, you know, the, the sort of, um, I don't know that it's egotism, but it's the, 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 the self that you have to be driving from. Right? What are we going to do? How are we going to solve these problems? And the other thing that I've definitely noticed is that um, as traumatized as I am by the larger issues and driven by the mm. larger issues that impact the world and, and all of that, um, I can still be impacted by my own little issues well, that I see as, as small and, and light in comparison. Really, like, like I what? see that. Like, like stuff about my book, you know, the ups mm. and downs of like my own process, you know, my own desire to, to get this book into the world. And it's been, it's been, it's been a ride. And so I would, I tr- like, if I could say like, I will never have personal success and in exchange, we will not have climate crisis and the, we will not have these fires. I mean, like, of course, right. Of course that trade would be, you know, sort of, sort of without question. And yet the stakes for me as an individual continue to remain individual. Right, And right. I think that's the power behind story. Okay, so we watched this, um, and unfortunately you never told me what her name was, but we watched a oh. an academic... Um, yeah, she she has. I, she, I had just stumbled upon her myself th- through our friend Rosie, and and, she, and her her like Instagram things like Professor Crunk. Okay, <laughs> but um, and I'll put the links in the show notes. I'll find her. She's a professor. That's obviously not her real name. Well, one of the things that I really appreciated about what she was saying was looking at um, sort of, you know, when you have something that's acute, and it's happening, it's far more impactful for people um, than sort of this broader, unspecified, not unspecified. So she was sort of talking about slow dangers versus immediate danger. Right. And so she was, you know, talking about like, okay, COVID is killing people of color disproportionately. Right. And so saying that you would vote for Trump because you don't get the full revolution. Or just not vote against him. Or not vote against, not, well, you're literally not voting for Biden. Right. Um, Because you weren't going to get the revolution that needs to happen. Uh, She, she made the um, analogy of, okay, well, you've come across a person who is like gushing blood who are literally dying right now, but you're not going to treat that because the, they also have diabetes. And you want to focus on and the And you diabetes. want to focus on the diabetes. So what I actually was thinking about with fiction... Just, just to make sure that's clear, since we're sort of like, we both listened to this while we were making dinner last night, and now we're like, oh, that thing. But just to be clear, so she's saying that not voting for... Uh, the thing that's going to stop this like absolute bleeding, you know, like the the, the enormity of the deaths and then just the not addressing things scientifically. I think we can is- say Donald Trump is a head wound <laughs> for our country, and whether we treat that or not, you right, know, right. the we're diabetes not, not gonna isn't going to go away if with- we don't stop the right. bleeding. We're not going to have time to deal with the larger systemic issues if we don't staunch the bleeding now. Yes. Yes. Warning. This is political. <laughs> yes. All right. But we're going to circle back now to story. So, yeah. So how does that relate? Which is basically, 
I think when we were when we when we think about our our narrative uh, projects, we often have that higher idea, that systemic idea, right? That we want to address, or we want to talk about the kind of larger piece. And then the diabetes, the story itself has to have that kind of impact of, of, of the immediacy of individuals and understanding like these people are at uh, what, whoever your characters are, are at a crisis point. Staunch the bleeding. Right. And so when we look at if we said staunch the bleeding, move them out of like the fire path, make sure they don't have you know, you lose the focus. Right. So. Our, our whole directive coming into this was, why don't we just keep shoving terrible things at characters? Well, and, 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 I, th- and I think we maybe talked in an earlier episode about this. I mean, I'm sure we've touched on it at least. But ultimately as well, you know, it, what's going to matter is what a particular character came into a particular crisis already struggling with, already needing to learn, already needing shifted, right? Mm-hmm. And that, um, and so it's it's not, to, it isn't enough to say like, ooh, a pandemic, that's dramatic, or ooh, a fire, that's dramatic, or ooh, a pandemic plus a fire, that's like triple dramatic. It's that... No, it's just double. It's, <laughs> well, you're the math teacher. <laughs> um, it's just, it's actually, here's a person who, right? Here's a person who is afraid of this, of, of everything, and suddenly they're told you can't go out in the world. Or mm-hmm. here's a person who is um, in love with with somebody who um, they're, you know, they can't get to because, or whatever. You know I mean? Whatever the specific thing is, and that's where we're going to start to care, is, is why does this matter to this person who right. is a character in need of a story? And then in addition, I think when you think about the world of the story, if you have too many things going on, then you don't really get to examine the consequence of one global catastrophe. So, <laughs> you know, so you... You look at something like, you know, a lot of zombie movies, what's happened is there's like this contagion and it's spreading across the world. And so then you start seeing this, the world through this transformed lens, but it isn't, and, and then, so everything is kind of related back. I just remember, gosh, it was Dawn of the Dead or something. And they went into a mall and it was an empty mall because most people had either succumbed to the virus that causes the zombieism or we're running away from zombies. And so you are in this place that is normally hugely associated with multitudes of people, and now it's empty. And we're actually seeing that, right? We're seeing as COVID goes around through these big cities, we've seen those pictures of the empty streets of New York, and we've seen those pictures. And so what are those, what is what does that specific impact do? So if we were in the middle of that so beautiful, intense, isolating focused, empty streets of New York, and then a pack of dogs, right? So you just, it doesn't, you know, you're bringing those pieces together. So I want to make one uh, codicil here, which mm. is, um, I just remember Jewel Gomez saying that when she was shopping the Gilda stories, link in show notes, that people would say to her, it's too much for your character to be black and a lesbian and a vampire, and I want to be clear that that is not what we're saying. No. That, that your characters can be complex and intersectional. And that that is not the same as your plot being 
overlaid with Well, and here's drama. the thing. In that scenario, the problems that a character runs into because of who they are, you know, a vampire is, you know, can't come out in the daytime. Unless you're in one of the Twilight films. But <laughs> basically, you know, that's the mythology, right? So that's mm-hmm. a limitation, right? right? And right. so I've seen really wonderful, complex stories about vampires and the grief for missing the sun, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that just that piece that you wouldn't think of. And it becomes very specific because you haven't made it 80 million things. It's, right. it's that grief of missing the thing you knew when you were able to do that before so um anyway i just want to say that when you said plot i think what's important in that is that the plot's always connected to the character yeah so that when you have these kinds of disconnects it's because you're heaping actions on top of a character rather than digging through the character and really finding character specific challenges So while we can't do anything about the plots that are heaping themselves on your head and ours, uh, don't feel like your writing needs to reflect the utter chaos and overwhelm of this moment. Don't and actually, you know, uh, don't don't feel like your your writing has to actually reflect this moment particularly at all. Yeah, you and Ellen were talking about that. We were in our free in our free event because um, people are feeling like, what do we, you know, what do we write about? What do we, you know, what, what what can we write about if not this? Can we write about this? It's like, and ultimately, you know, just. just what most people don't know is that the cave paintings in Lascaux are, in fact, uh, a comic strip. So, <laughs> I thought they were a whiteboard. <laughs> they've always we've always used humor. To get through, and um, don't and be some, and also story. And Sometimes we fantasy. look over, we look over there. Yeah, let's look over here and talk about because what we really need ultimately is how as humans do we survive the unexpected, mm-hmm. and that doesn't have to be this unexpected that we're reading the newspaper about. It can be anything because they're just the stories about how to how to be a human being, how to be a better human being. Right. It is time for steal this. Amateur poets borrow. Professional poets steal. What have you come across that you, in your wanderings and readings, that you would like to take and make your own? Um, I'll let you first. I, I have one that's really germane to what we're talking about today, which is that um, in in some of the things I've gotten to read for, for student work, um, and I've gotten to do quite a bit, um, I've really gotten to see a couple of things that have been so helpful for me in my work. And one of them is that thing about complexity. I tend to have a lot going on, partly because that is just my life experience, that there's a lot going on. Mm. Um, and partly because, you know, I my brain breeds ideas. Like, what if this happened? And what if that happened? And and, and if, if you ask why, I'll come up with five reasons. And um, as any good liar knows, five reasons is worse than one. So, but I kind of got to see in several stories the embodiment of what it looks like when something's really wonderful, but it could be like five different possible books Mm -hmm. or five different possible Mm -hmm. short stories. And, and that there isn't a right one. That was very important for me to see, which is hard to see with my own work. You're not looking for what's the right one thing to pick. Like, is it the pandemic? Is it the fire? Is it the right? Like what's the right? It always has to be the right answer. <laughs> that and that there isn't a right answer. That you that it's your choice, and that you dig deeply into any one 
thing, and you're going to kind of get at the resonances that you're probably after because there are reasons that these things all hook you. And so, and that, and the other thing is that that people do tend, um, this is sort of from another context, but tend to do a lot of like world building. And, and if the voice and the world are fascinating enough, we will go with it for a long time. But very often the story starts much later. Mm-hmm. And the readers and readers won't always really grok that because we again, if we're engaged with the voice and the world building, we'll just we'll be like, all right, we, we enjoyed it. So there was no problem. But the strength of the story might be finding where the engine of it like really kicks right. into gear. Right. Um and actually that just reminds me, I've been thinking a lot about metaphor as a developmental tool. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that's maybe also true in, in what we've been talking about is all of these these sort of macro crises in a story often will be interpreted by your reader as a metaphor. And so just make sure you're not mixing those. <laughs> mixing um, And that's, that's sort of what it is. But I, I'm really fascinated right now about the idea of how can you embody the thing you're trying to talk about? So like a MacGuffin, which is really interesting, often is like a, a thing that just drives a story. We don't know what it is. Like the papers of transport from uh, Casablanca, right? Like yeah, those are tra- real. Who's, who's like who director? signs those? Who the, and Whose term was MacGuffin? Was that like Hitchcock? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but the idea then is like, okay, everyone's after these letters of transit, right? That's what it is, letters of transit. And, you know, in the end, if you really follow it through, you're like, wait, they're signed by the French? Like, what is that? Like, like you know, I mean, like, why would the Nazis recognize these letters right, of transit right. written by whatever? Okay. So, but the idea of, and then you think about something, I don't know why I'm thinking about Humphrey Bogart, but if you think about, like, Philip Marlowe and you think about the Maltese Falcon, again, kind of what is it? What does it really mean? But if, let's say you were writing something about sort of the futility of greed, right? Mm -hmm. You might have an object that's like a MacGuffin that goes all the way through your story that all of these people are doing crazy things to achieve. And in the end, uh, it becomes clear that it's actually valueless, Mm -hmm. right? And so um, that's the kind of thing that I'm thinking about, right? Where you're thinking about like, what's an object or what's a, what's, how does metaphor help you focus your, thematic thinking. There was a song that my friend Danielle used to sing and I, I, I but obviously she didn't write it but I don't know who it is and um and it's about these people who fight over this buried treasure that one tribe has under a rock and they're like they kill sort of everybody mm-hmm. and then they turn it over and it says peace on earth. And that was the treasure that they slaughtered each other over so Ooh, irony. <laughs> All right guys, well, this has been a lot in a little time. But we are thinking about everybody and really hoping that each and every one of you is staying safe, staying connected. Um, Ask us for help. Yeah. Reach out. We want to know. We all want to know. Everybody out there is trying to figure out how to help each other and make it through this time. 